Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So it is Easter Sunday. It's an amazing time. I'm so excited to get to share this with you guys. What a crazy, I mean, these are the unprecedented times, but you know what? I want to tell you about another unprecedented time, a time that was so unprecedented that we changed the friggin' calendar. It is 2020 for a reason, people. It is 2020 years since Jesus died and rose victoriously from the grave. Everything was BC. We've changed the numbers. We've changed the letters. Sorry, we've changed the letters. We haven't changed the numbers. We've changed the letters because we're a secular society, but it will never change the why. And the why is there was before Christ and then there's in the year of our Lord. And we are in the year of our Lord 2020. It's a crazy, exciting time of Jesus' resurrection power. We are in unprecedented times though. It is a crazy, crazy, hey, Toby Rachel, how you doing? Great to have you with us. It is a crazy time. Coronavirus has been affecting even the sales of Corona beer. How horrific is that? I mean, that is just the worst. I mean, that's just crazy. Whoever's blaming them, I just feel so bad for them. But we are in these terrible, terrible times. Even the prime minister having it this week. Thank God that he's he's doing so much better now. All of us are going to have friends, loved ones we know who are being affected by this. But as I stopped watching the news this week, because, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay home, go to work when I have to, looking after key workers' kids. I'm going to do that kind of stuff, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay safe. I'm only going to go shopping when I need to, so I'm not going to change any of that routine. I'm sticking by the rules, as I'm sure you all are as well. I didn't want to hear all the doomsayers day in, day in, day out. But then the thing that hit me was actually, this is bad. This is horrific. And this virus has changed the whole way that society lives. We're not living by the same set of rules anymore. It's caused a paradigm shift. The way we shop has changed. The way we live has changed. Where we go has changed. Who we spend time with, who we don't spend time with. Social distancing, mental health. We had a loneliness epidemic before we had the coronavirus pandemic. All these issues are issues that we're facing as a society and trying to work out at this time that just exasperates things and makes things so much worse. But I started to think back this week to what makes the Easter story so special and where it all starts. It all starts in the beginning in the story of Genesis, the Hebrew tradition and account for why we die. I mean, when we think about science, science, when we look at it, the cause for why we die, we have a cause of death. You can have coronavirus, you can have influenza, the normal flu. You can die from anything. You can be die for all sorts of reasons. But in the developed world, um, nine out of 10 deaths until obviously recently tends to be, the majority tends to be from old age, old age. And the reason why we die, the reason why the cells stop replicating all these types of things, we don't really have a clear understanding for. There's a lot of things we don't have a clear understanding for. We don't have a scientific understanding and definition and proof for love, for pain. We know we feel pain in nerve receptors. Human consciousness is another one. And death, ultimately death, we can talk about it being part of a framework in science where they look at evolution, but why we have to die, why no one lives forever. In the Hebrew narrative, it starts with man being made in the image of God and enjoying fellowship and intimacy with God. That their relationship with one another was a life-giving relationship that allowed people to live and to thrive and to flourish. 
Adam and Eve is, is, is what we read of in the account in Genesis. In chapter 3 of the Genesis narrative, we see that there is a, a, an issue that takes place, a breaking of God's law, a separation, a rejection of him, a rejection of his life-giving force and power that he gave towards them, and a separation. But God did say in that period that there was a promise that there would be a way back. There will be a way back. I started to think about the shift that you and I have experienced in this time, and it's a big shift. It's a huge shift that I've experienced, that you've experienced. The way we live our lives is completely different. It must have been pretty much like that, I guess, for Adam, and it made this story jump out to me this week because I started to ponder what it must have been like for him to have always known the good life and to then live the death life. Somewhere where death became a new concept. For us, death has become a very real concept. We all knew we would die one day, didn't we? But actually, it coming so close to our door, it's shaken so many of us. And that must have been what it felt like for Adam. I think it got real the moment when God took an animal and clothed them in the skin of that animal. They saw that there was a price for sin. They were now clothed in a creature they loved and they cherished. Wow, that must have been a really strange, harrowing experience, a paradigm shift, just like the one that you and I have experienced. You see, the funny thing is we can look at, and sometimes when we look at the Genesis story and we look at sin and we go, but it's kind of a small thing that takes place in that garden, yet it's caused so much chaos. You see, sin we can talk of as a virus because the coronavirus has a huge percentage of um, statistically for those that die that receive it I mean what we're talking six seven eight percent with sin and through sin all men die because the wages of sin is death sin has an 100% track record but you see the coronavirus starts small as well did you know for one individual um, I can't think of the word I think my particle I'm, I may get that wrong please forgive me it's 80 nanometers 80 nanometers who knows how big 80 nanometers is. I want to let you know, 80 nanometers is about three to 4,000 times smaller than a salt, which cracks me up. It doesn't crack me up, it scares the heck out of me, but it cracks me up because it just reminds me of the Ali G interview where he's like, yeah, but is it smaller than a sand? Like, not the beach, obviously, but a sand. And 80 nanometers, it's such a tiny thing that is wrecking such havoc all across the world. All across the world, it's wrecking havoc. It's a small thing. Sin starts really small, but it has a massive harrowing effect. I want to turn now to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It's a fantastic, fantastic passage. I also want to encourage you guys, you've got some time later on, read Romans chapter 6. It's a banger. But Romans chapter 5, you want to join me, verse 12. If you haven't got a Bible, you can download the City Hill London app go cityhill.london or just type City Hill space London into any app store and you better download it. It's got a free Bible in there, ESV translation, what I'm reading from. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, all men and women. Don't think you're safe in gender. <laughs> because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type 
of the one to come. Who is a type of the one to come. Verse 15 of Romans 5. But the free gift is not like the trespass, the sin. For if many died through one man's sin, trespass, much more have the grace of God, the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus. Paul is on a tune. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led all condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all people. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, the sin. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why this time of year is such an amazing, awesome occasion. Because what we're looking at is sin created social distancing, a disconnect from our Father, a disconnect from God. And it was a gap we couldn't bridge. It was something we couldn't solve through one man's sin and through all sinning, all had sin and all experienced death. So what did God do? He saw the social distancing issue between us, the disconnect. He became flesh and blood. Paul says that he became like a man in the appearance of man. He did not consider being like God as something to cling on to, but he put it aside, became in appearance like a man. He was a servant and he was obedient to God, even to the point of death, even death on a cross. And for this reason, God gave him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why at this time of year, what we have is we have a God who isn't socially distant. We have a God that even though yet while we were sinners, Christ loved us and he died for us. That he loved us so much that he wouldn't leave us far from him, but he'd become one of us. And even die in our place. Die for our sins. Die for our healing. Paul took a picture of a very ancient Hebrew tradition where they would, around their agriculture, they would take the crops that they would make and they would give the first batch that they would get in and they would give it as an offering to the Lord. They would call it the first fruits. They had a saying and it was that if the first fruits are holy, the rest will be holy. So if this one's good and a healthy crop, Give it to the Lord because the rest that's coming is going to be good as well. Paul goes, hey, you know, first fruits, Jesus is the first fruits from the dead. That if he has conquered death, if he has paid the price of sin, if the first fruit is holy in Jesus Christ, we'll all be holy. We will all be like him. That is why today is such a great day. If you joined us for the little cooking session, I know it wasn't that inspiring because I'm not that great a cook. You'd have known that we look to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world on Friday. But today is a day where we look to the resurrected King who is resurrected and he is going to sit at the right hand side with the Father. 
We believe in a God as Christians who doesn't socially distance from us, but became flesh and blood like us, died on a cross in our place for our sin, that we might receive resurrection, that we might receive goodness of life, fullness of life. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Christ has come to give you life and life more abundantly, not just eternally, but here and now. I believe that today you may feel socially distant, but I know a God who wants to draw near to you. I know a God who that when he died, the temple veil in Jerusalem was torn in two. I know a God who lived in a tent with a group of slaves that he set free, but then lived in a temple when he gave them permanent residence. But that when Jesus died on the cross, the temple veil was torn in two because the Holy Spirit was no longer going to be in a tent anymore. He wasn't going to be a building anymore. He was going to be in me and you. You don't have to be in isolation in this isolation because the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit wants to come and live inside me. He wants to live inside you. You don't have to be alone in the isolation. In fact, I want to tell you something. I physically can't be alone. You can't separate this God from me. He's promised to never leave me or forsake me. And he never, ever has. And he won't now either. And all of that is possible because of Easter. All of that is possible because of what Jesus achieved on the cross. I'm going to pray for us right now. And I would love for you to pray your own prayer and start a conversation with God. If at this time, man, you're feeling socially distant, I want you to know God can draw near to you in ways you never dreamed possible and make you whole. I want, to, I want to pray for you that if at this time you're feeling down and defeated, I want you to know, Paul said, death, where is your sting? You know what? I'm being real. I could die from this. I could catch this and die. I'm not sitting here as some gassed up guy. I know I can die from this like anybody else, but I know that Jesus took my place. I know I will reign with him. For eternity. I know that he has prepared a place for me. I know that he is with me. I know that he is never going to leave me. And I believe and I know that he will do the same for you. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I call you Lord because what you've done is greater than anything anyone's ever achieved. And you did it in the form of a servant. So often, God, we have these dreams of grandeur, being like a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates or a footballer or a pop star or just famous on social media for exactly no reason whatsoever. Wow, big dreams. But when you came to this earth, you didn't socially distance. You brought the broken near to you. You brought me, a broken man, near to you. And you forgive me and you heal me. And you do that for all of us. Because you paid. You paid for us. Not with perishable things like gold, silver, Bitcoin, the pound or the dollar. But with the imperishable blood of Jesus, spotless and unblemished. I pray in this time, Lord God, that we could come to a renewed sense of faith in you and trust you for our salvation, for our hope, because you give us a hope that goes beyond the grave. In Jesus' name, amen. God is in this place. God is with you. He is for you. He has gone ahead of you. Today we're doing a really cool thing and you know what, even though I'm going to be wrapping up in a couple of minutes, I just want to encourage everyone that's in here, please tag a friend that they can come in and maybe watch it afterwards. I'm not too great about knowing how Instagram works. Uh, I'm not that big on the gram. But if you tag in a friend, because basically today we're going to be giving away five Uber Eats vouchers. As a church, we've never taken an offering in seven years and we still won't because Jesus uh, was known for saying it is more blessed to give than to receive and we want to give so we're giving away five uber eats vouchers 10 pounds 
to a couple of people and then the people who win them can give them away to someone they know who needs them and cheer them up or they can be cheered up by us as a church because we just love that and we believe that he has given us the greatest meal in his flesh, communion, a broken body for us and he is just an awesome and a wonderful God. Have an amazing Easter Sunday guys. Have an amazing Easter Sunday. Loved you all. I'm going to put some audio recording of this up on SoundCloud if you missed it. If there's a way to watch back after I end this, awesome. If not, love you guys. If you need prayer for anything, you can DM us on Instagram or email hello at cityhill.london. God bless. Have an amazing Easter Sunday. And remember, you are never alone. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.